everyone. My name is Catherine Friend and this is the STEM Equity Network. We are a network of STEM professionals and leaders who are dedicated to bringing equality into our STEM leadership positions. And so what I'm trying to do is interview a number of STEM leaders and professionals, ask them about their experiences and to see if they have any gems, any extra information on how we can possibly, as a group, make sure that STEM leaderships are equal in terms of gender. My guest is Pega Nase. So Pega is a mechanical engineer with over 20 years of experience in the oil, gas and resources industries. She has performed both technical roles and project management for a variety of projects. So over those years, she's learned not only to be a strategic thinker, but also innovative and solutions focused problem solver. So she's an influencer. She's always eager to learn and explore and inspire the people around her. And I'm very, very pleased that she's our guest today. Hi, Pega. Hi, Catherine. I'm so delighted. Thank you very much for inviting me just to be your guest today. It is so inspiring that you have actually started this network. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you, Pig. I really appreciate that. So tell me, um, it's all about you today though. So I wanna know a little bit about how you got into mechanical engineering in the first place. What inspired you to become a mechanical engineer? Mm -hmm. Sure. So. I come from Iran. Yes, I started studying there in the university before I moved or migrated to Australia. My father was a statistician and he was actually the person that has inspired me to get into engineering and study engineering. You know, I, I was not really a person that enjoyed learning chemistry, or even biology, but I was really at the time interested in uh, mathematics, physics, and geometry. And my father had all the skills. So he definitely saw the talent, and then um, he encouraged me to do more and more. Wow. And not just that, he also taught me to get better at it. He educated me, and then not just that, but my mother was also an encouragement. And I've got two brothers that they are engineers as well. So you can see as a family, <laughs> we're always thinkers. And we had logical mind and analytical at the same time. So that's how I got into engineering. And they were never ever pushed me to, you know, to select a field. And in Iran, you have to pass a very difficult exam to get into university. And I got really good scores. So that's how I've been um, thinking about getting to um, architectural or probably mechanical engineering, mm. which both of them, they are involved in geometry and drawings. So, I mean, probably I didn't have, I don't remember exactly, but I didn't have this course to get into architectural. It was really popular at that time but I got the mechanical engineering. I'm not regretting it because I really love it. And if I go back again, I will select the same field and being a mechanical engineer, which is really great and that has is, been good. 
Oh, yep. well, I'm glad you love it because let's face it, we all want to do something we love. Um, so tell me about your time at university then. As a woman in Iran doing a course that is still, I mean, ev ev globally is male dominated, how was that? So, yeah, as you said, it is engineering mostly is male dominated in the university or even working mm -hmm. in the old work environments. In all the companies that I worked, I can tell you, I was always one of a few engineers that has attended the classes, the trainings. So in the area that I was in, um, studying in Iran as a mechanical engineer, I was just one of the two female engineers <laughs> among 50 other male engineers sitting in the classroom. And you can believe it was really hard mm. and you know I didn't go to quite schools so our school I went to just girls schools before it was not comfortable yeah. to sit among 50 other male engineers in the classroom when your teacher was also a male and most of my teacher were males but you know there is always hope and I had really good mentors in the university, specifically naming two of them. One of them was in the machinery workshop, which he was really encouraging and inspiring. He definitely loved working with the female engineers. So that's how he was just encouraging everyone coming to the lab, doing whatever they like to do. And I was one of the few first engineers that I joined him in the lab, but then it encouraged everybody else as well to do the same thing. Yeah. And not just that, he also trained me to help him in the workshop, like an assistant. So it was good. It was good to see that, you know, it's actually finding a pathway for the other engineers. And it was great. I really loved it. Mm -hmm. From there, I actually moved to a paid job in the university as an assistant to work even in the computer lab to help the others. Of course, as a female, working with females because there was so many restrictions. Yeah, so as a tutor, do you think because you were teaching and helping some of the other students, I'm assuming some of them were males, were you given a little bit more respect by them? Yes and no, I can tell you yes and no. Definitely there are some people that are resisting not for females to get in that environment mm. and that's how they were trying to restrict you in whatever they can even if they wanted to ruin your reputation in the university that they've done it at one stage with me but i was so lucky that i had others that they have supported me and i can tell you i'm still connected with a few of them in australia they have been always supportive and I can see them. So yeah, that was one. And then there was another one, which was the university's, um, uh, the, yeah, the university's manager on that time. And he was really good. He was really encouraging with the girls. And I mean, gender diversity, probably 20, 25 years ago, it was not a thing. Yes. And nobody was not even thinking about it. Yeah. But I'm so glad that there were some sparks and then that's how it started yeah exactly and, and and i'm so glad that you know i had those mentors which helped me all the way through 
Yeah. So moving on then, in terms of your work after university, did you find that there was also some mentors that really helped you move forward in your work or get to the next stage or just encourage you to be the best person you could be? So when I started working, I was so lucky that a female engineer, which was on a very high management position, working for an aviation company, she hired five female engineers to work with her. It was really good, but it was a very, very male and hard environment to work for because she was actually the only female engineer there. But she was so inspiring. When we looked at her, she was always thriving and making a way to, you know, just to support us in that environment, which was really hard, really hard. I learned a lot from her in the first six months, but it didn't really work for me. I was not really interested in the job. The environment was so intense. Yeah. Although she was trying so hard, but I couldn't really stay there. So I moved on. I went to another company, which I, it was in oil and gas. And that's the start of my career in this industry. And I, I had good and bad mentors there. But I can tell you, there are always people that they want to help you. So when I got pregnant in that company, there was a really nice leader, which by the time he knew that I'm pregnant, he was always helping me. He was yeah. trying to help me to get through the days, even when I was coming on the weekends, because the project was so intense and they, it had a very tight schedule. They wanted to deliver it. So I was coming and trying to do my work and be upfront because I knew that my maternity leave is coming. He was coming just to support me in the office because he said, I can't leave you alone here and I want to help you as well. So having a really supportive person behind you particularly when you're most vulnerable when you're pregnant for instance I mean I think that's really important it's certainly something that I'm hearing from a lot of people do you think that's it's one of the really big important steps of keeping women in the workforce it is it is Catherine mm-hmm. and to start with when I got pregnant I was so scared to tell my boss right for the first five months I kept my uh, pregnancy hidden Nobody knew that I was pregnant. And the first person that I went and I, you know, I said to them that I'm pregnant was this guy because I knew that he's going to be supportive. You need support. You need someone that would be flexible. You need someone specifically to understand you. And you need someone to hear and listen to you. Mm -hmm. So did you find a time at all, though, when you weren't supported with, with children? And how did that affect? I mean, you had this fabulous boss. Um, I don't know if he stayed around all the time or where was the difference between a great boss and maybe somebody who didn't support you during pregnancy or when you had your children, maybe? So when I had my child, that person, and I moved from that project because that was finished. And then I had another boss. I was breastfeeding. And in Iran, for women that are breastfeeding, you can have one hour less work and you're entitled to do it, I don't exactly remember, but for, for probably one year. So that's how I got into trouble because I couldn't stay eight hours a day. So they have hired another engineer and they advised me just to mentor him and teach him how to do it. And that's how I got less involved in the job later. I had to delegate my authorities to him because I had a small child, which was 
about six or seven months and mm -hmm. I had to take care of her as well you know I had my family and my mom was helping me a lot with that but still you need to be around to help your child so that's why it was a bit of a um, unsuccessful career there because I, I was not really feeling there and was really dissatisfied with what I was doing mm. so I moved to somewhere else and I started a new career take another role which was you know a bit more satisfying for me before I moved to Australia of course well let's go towards the move for Australia then I mean that's a big step for you guys to make a decision to move to Australia you had a small baby at the time what was your husband doing at the time was he working or was he not working or so when I was really dissatisfied and considering with my previous, my first job uh, before I moved to the next one, I and considering the situation in the country and how women are restricted doing things and it was so hard, not even politically, but financially as well. Mm -hmm. I started uh, looking into migration when my daughter was six months, mm. even when I was breastfeeding her. I started going to English classes. I was breastfeeding her in the car, I remember, and then going to the classes. My husband was waiting downstairs and, you know, it was hard, but it worth it. So, I mean, people are great in Iran. The culture is good, but the politics, you, you're, and you're always looking for opportunities to move on. Move on, yeah. So did you find that... As a woman, your pay package was not nearly as good as the men in the same position? Of course not. So in my position, they were at least getting one and a half times more paid than me. That was always the case because the mindset is the women are not the people that are bringing the money to the table. They're not the feeders of the family. But at the same time, I was. Because my husband had to go to military service, which is mandatory in Iran, mm -hmm. and he couldn't do any paid work. So I had to work, having a child, having a family. I had to feed the family. So I had to have a good money. And at the same time, you know, covering your mortgage, your finances, and all those sort of things. And having said that, we didn't really have a wealthy family to help us not to be able to work so yes I had to support but at the same time I was really struggling yeah so well. man my husband was not working at the same time he was not doing paid work he was working but he was working in mandatory or compulsory military service which you don't get paid yeah of course so you're saying that men in your position would be paid one and a half times more than you were yes, yes. at least yes at least yeah, so that must have been tough. So the decision to move to Australia obviously was one that was just well considered, that you just thought there was a better way of living, that you would be able to hopefully have some kind of equality in terms of a job and better job prospects for both you and your family. So talk me through moving to Australia. How did that go for you guys? So moving to Australia, we got the visa, obviously, and three months later, we decided just to come over. My husband was actually a good earner at the time because it was two years after we applied for our migration. He found a group job. He was a very good project manager. He was really earning. So it was a bit of load off me. But he said, you know what we do? We go together 
and then you can take the child. I trust you. When you find a job, I will join you, but I will back you up from where we, I am. So we've, we've made the decision. We bought our flights. We've done whatever we should have done. But 10 days before we moved, he decided to do an operation, a LASIK operation on his eye. And he did it, but it didn't work. So he had to stay there. So I came over here with my daughter. At the same time, to be honest with you, I was so excited. Hmm. I didn't have any friend or family here, but I knew Australia is a great country. And I heard that there is a lot of support for women. So I was not as scared. I was so excited. At the same time, when I moved here, I had a friend, which um, he helped me a lot. So he helped us to be settled. And that friend was actually an ex-colleague of mine in the company that I was working in Iran. He took my CV and showed it to his manager and they needed someone else. So I was interviewed and I was successful. And within a month, I found the dream job that I wanted in Australia, which was really good. Yeah. And my husband said, okay, so let's plan for me to come over. Yeah. But I really appreciate the first few months, the people that who have helped me to be settled. I should say there were other two women that they really helped me. When I was going for the interview, they were taking care of my child. Mm. When I was sending my daughter to school, she didn't know any English. So one of them was actually an English teacher um, around 70 to 75. And she used to teach my daughter English. So it's good to see how women are helping each other. Yeah, so then your career in Australia, it seems like it's gone up and up. How has your career moved from, you know, being a a project engineer to moving to senior management? How did this career progression in Australia get to this point? So, you know, like everybody, I moved from one job to another. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, to make progress, to improve. It was not a very easy journey, I'm saying. But at the same time, I had really good mentors which have helped me and probably from time to time, some other people that they were trying to, you know, block the road and don't let me to get what I want. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that there were some points in my career that was a really big encouragement and change. So I was, I came as a not not a very senior person, just a, a just an engineer. But probably after two years, when I moved to my next career, I had a boss, and he was really encouraging. He was trying to find talents to everyone and the company as well. It was a really good one, you know. That's when he opened another opportunity in my career, which was doing business development. He was trying to teach me how to do it. So, you know, meeting with clients, building relationship with others and, you know, encouraging me. And I'm thinking this is not something that you will be educated. This is something that you will get through having experience with people and building it. Mm -hmm. So him helping you basically or him showing you that this is possible perhaps is change the direction of his career. Yes, change the direction of my career. Definitely. He he was showing me this is possible. After that, I had a second child and that was a bit of a challenge. Halfway through, you know, when I have delivered my child, um, there was 
another bump point in my career and that's when my mom passed away I can tell you Catherine yeah it definitely changed me it yeah. changed me it was not anything about my career but it changed my characteristics yeah. it's changed the person who I am because I think I was really reluctant to everybody else even having two kids I was not very independent but when she died, I didn't have that support in the background. So mm. I had to challenge myself. I had to move up. I had to find a way to know myself better, how mm. to manage things. And I think that's the best thing that has happened in my life. Wow. So that's getting great, there, Sorry, that's a really great thing to get out of a tragic situation. Yes. Going through the process of the grief, it was not really uh, easy. But I can tell you that it helped me to be who am I today. Mm. Yeah, so that's actually, in the, at the same time, I was thinking I should start looking into business more because I'm really interested to know about business more and understand the basic foundations of the business. So I was looking at doing a course and I came to the conclusion that I like to do a Master of Business Administration. Wow. It definitely broadened my knowledge of the business. I have learned a lot and I've used it for the next few years. Of course. Then moving into senior management, obviously your MBA has probably helped you move to this position. That leadership. You're yes. I found out that I'm really interested in leadership and mostly people management. So yes, it, it helped me to take over some of the leadership roles in our com- company, doing a lot of project management discipline lead roles and I really enjoyed it definitely there is lots of challenges involved and I like to be challenged that's my personality how are you as a leader and has there been any leaders you've liked what they've done or not liked what they've done and are you taking that on for Mm -hmm. your own so you know as a junior leader you're always learning and you're experiencing Mm -hmm. and you can't have that experience until you 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 go through it Yes, I had very good people around me that they have inspired me through my career. I've learned a lot from them to be patient, mm-hmm. how to um, engage with different personalities at work and how they have been listening and teaching and mentoring people. It's a very important thing. So as a, as a leader, you need to be very patient. Um, you need to listen to people more than you speak. Yes. I think I learned it from one of my colleagues, which he was really good. He was inspiring. I can't say how he has helped me even to grow in my career. Mm. We grow with each other. So we were working in line with each other and trying to grow ourselves together because I had some skills that he didn't and he had some skills that I didn't. So we were working with each other in the same um, project. And that's what we were always talking to each other. And I really enjoyed working with him. But there's always some other people that they don't like you to be in that environment. I remember working with an engineer. He was just saying, I think women need to be taking care of their kids and being at home rather than working in this environment. (laughs) 
But I think this is very old thinking. I know. I think that old school thinking is now certainly not very PC. It wouldn't be looked at on very lightly. It's, it's very old school thinking. It is. Just, in, just to wrap up, Pega, with your career, I mean, you're in a male-dominated environment. How do you think the male leaders in your industry can encourage more females to become mm. leaders so that we, we get some kind of equity in the leadership teams in the oil and gas industry? I mean, it's a predominantly male industry, but there's no reason why females can't be part of it as well. So mm. what are some of the points you think that leaders can take away and use to make sure that they're encouraging mm. equal representation in their leadership team? I can't deny that it has got very much better mm-hmm. in the recent years. Yeah. Probably for the past three to four or five years, it has been getting and improving. Mm-hmm. As females, we always like to be heard. We always love to be listened to. Mm-hmm. It is very important that we've got the support when we need it. When we are pregnant, when we are having a child, mm-hmm. when we are going through the process of the grief, if it means that I need another day off in the month, yes, we need to have that, but we need somebody to understand us. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But on the other side, I think we need to have a little bit of more flexibility. Yeah. Uh, so you need to take care of your kids. You're the first person in your house if it means that I need to work from home once a week or twice a week I know I need my boss to trust me so I can you know be more flexible yeah that's a fair point and at the moment given that everybody else is working from home I think things will be changing to the better to be honest to COVID-19 there's got to be a silver lining on that isn't there of course this might change the business forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm in line with you. Probably now we've got more trust in ourselves mm-hmm. and each other that we can work from home. Yes, if it means that I have to do bits and pieces in between, but I will be back to my ball and I will do it, definitely. Mm-hmm. You should just trust me. That's what I'm saying. And this trust is going to be two-way. It's not going to be just one way, definitely. Of course. At the same time, I think women need to be given the opportunity to do training as well. Okay, so training. So basically I've got out of that, women need a voice and they need to be heard or listened to. They need a little bit more flexibility and some training and maybe to be able to be mentored. Like it sounds to me like you've had some really great mentors teach you and pull you up. Yes, of course. Yeah, and training is not just a formal training. Mm -hmm. It can be mentoring. Mm. I believe if there is a female in your team, they will bring some other capabilities. They will change the dynamics of the team. Mm. Having a female engineer in our team was really great. It brings the most feminine environment around. In saying that, oil and gas environment is a very dry environment. Yeah. But there's still room for feminine touch, I think. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's what you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Pia. 
I'm going to wrap it up here at the moment. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom and sharing your story with us today. I think it's really inspiring just the way that you're such a strong woman who's taken your family out of Iran and made huge strides in an area that is a male focus area. So thank you so much for your time and we wish you the best for the next part of your career. Thank you very much, Kathleen, for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Thea. Thank you. 